Ethan Alden. Reviews Movies. From Space. Hello there. I'm Ethan Alden, and welcome to my movie podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not British. I'm the guy who, ten years ago, sent in three Pop Tarts box tops and went a trip to space. I don't think they're offering that deal anymore. Someone did tweet about that. So sorry, guys. If they were offering that deal, they could send a spaceship up here to get me. But that's not the case. Because 10 years ago when the lizard apocalypse started, um, the lizard king emerged from hippabyssal dormancy with an army of lizard warriors and began the apocalypse and everybody left the space station, but I was taking a nap, yada yada, I got left here by accident. But 10 years have gone by and the lizard king has received Christ and went into self-imposed exile, and perhaps most importantly for this podcast, the internet finally got turned back on. It's a little janky, but it's here, and I can release a podcast now, so that is what I'm doing. And we talk about movies, and it's a blast. When I say we, I mean me, but also you guys, because you guys tweet in, and I love that. I love that you guys tweet in. Three blessings from my week. I saw Barney this week. You might remember that last week I discovered we still have a Tuatara on board the space station. We used to have a bunch of animals, and I thought they were gone because they were abducted. Long story, but we have a Tuatara still on board whose name is Barney. And this week when I was watching the movie for this podcast, I looked over and he was sitting right next to me in the movie theater, which was amazing because I haven't seen him much. And I don't see him every day because he does his own thing. You know, he's an animal and he's not like a dog or something. He's a reptile. So I let him do his thing, man. And it was just so cool to see him. It was a blessing. He um, almost never comes out of the greenhouse. So it's almost like he came out to see me. But, you know, I don't want to make stuff up. So uh, it was just cool to see him, man. Animals are dope. Second blessing. Dude, this is awesome. Mission Control talked me through how to fix the latte machine. So I made an almond milk latte and it was terrible. But I was just so stoked to have the machine fixed. I've been trying to fix that and I fixed some other things here, but couldn't fix that. And Mission Control walked me through it. It was so cool. I think they even called in somebody from outside NASA because I don't know that NASA just has a guy. I mean, you know what though? I mean, they are full of engineers. So maybe he was an employee, but he didn't really say he would they just kind of like got him on real quick and he helped me fix the machine and his name was Derek and he was super nice. So that was awesome. That was a highlight. And I'm happy to become a beginner at making lattes and and learn. So I'll be drinking some crappy lattes and it's awesome. Third highlight, which may sound like it's not a highlight at first, but remember how I said a couple episodes that I'm commander now officially because nobody else is on the station. And it's kind of like, you know, when the higher officer leaves, the next guy is like acting commander. Well, that's not actually true. That's not true. Um, And it is honestly a bit disappointing because it was cool to be commander, but uh, it is a highlight because it's good to know the truth, I think, and that. That was a positive thing. But I forgot about the whole 
Jeff Bezos rule. You might remember way back when, when Jeff Bezos went to space, right then NASA changed their rules for what makes you an astronaut. And you have to contribute to the to the mission of keeping everyone alive or something along those lines. But I am not an astronaut. I wasn't trained by NASA and I wouldn't ever claim to be. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm commander anymore, which is a highlight. It's a great to know the truth. This week, we're talking about classic, classic film, My Neighbor Totoro. This movie came out in 1988. What is this movie about? Well... A bunch of magic cat rabbits hang out with some local kids and a shoe goes missing and these trees grow, but they don't really grow. Honestly, this movie isn't really plot heavy. If you've ever just been on a walk in the woods, it's pretty much the same as that. Who is in it? Chika Sakamoto, who is also in Kyuki Okushinka Shida Furu Daibu RPG Gaganjitsu Yorimo Kusogi Datura. Noriko Hidaka from Conan... Conan O'Brien? I'm not sure. Hitoshi Takaga from 1925. His birth year. And the English dub cast featured Elle and Dakota Fanning from America. Oh. I mean, that's not inaccurate. Uh, and Frank Welker, who played Eminem in the movie Eight Mile. The genre of the movie is nature. E is for enjoyment. This is the part where I talk about the things I liked. First of all, this movie is super cute. The kids really act like little kids. Their behavior, their physicalities, their mannerisms, it is so adorable. And the way that the little sister moves, who's the smaller one, so she's the cutest, it is so real and lifelike. You can tell the animators worked really hard to observe children and really make these children move in the way that real children move. And man, that just made the movie so endearing. Another thing I liked, the cat rabbits are wild animals. So anytime the cat rabbits are friendly with these kids, it makes it even more special, kind of like Barney, because he's a wild animal. So anytime a wild animal shows any kind of affection, it's like, wow, that's really special. Because dogs, we kind of expect them to be affectionate. Cats, we expect them to be what cats are, which is a whole nother thing, sociopaths. But cat rabbits are magical, and we don't know what they're going to do. So every time they're friendly, super rad of them. The tissue box. The part of the movie... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. I missed a couple. I don't want to... Dude, this is the best part. It's the part where I talk about the things I love and gush about the movie. Sorry to skip ahead. I'll go back. Let's see. There's this one part where the little sister sees this little pool with tadpoles in it, and the music is playing, and she dips her finger in, and the tadpoles swim away. And it just, you feel as the audience this overwhelming sense of the awe of nature which the whole film really has. And it was just really beautiful to see. So I really enjoyed that throughout the movie, but especially in this one moment, which reminds me the music in general is really wonderful. It reminded me of piano and strings and stuff. And then there's another part where the dad gets to see the cat rabbit because 
it's kind of this unspoken thing that the adults don't get to see the magic stuff, which I'll talk a little bit more about. But the dad does get to see them from far away. And I thought, oh, that's so rad because the dad is a really nice guy and he's really respectful. And when the kids say, we saw magical things, the dad doesn't go, no, you didn't. He goes, well, maybe you did. That's really cool, which is rad. That's exactly what you want your dad to say when you say I saw something magical. So I just thought it was cool that he was rewarded by getting to actually see the magic, even though, like I said, we'll talk about it later, but the adults don't really see the magic. The tissue box, parts of the movie that made me cry. There's a bus in this movie that is also a cat. It's kind of hard to explain, but there's a bus that is a cat. And there are lights on the bus, which are rats. And that was kind of disturbing. And I thought, they're permanently attached and they can't leave. They're just stuck on this cat. And that would be kind of a miserable existence. But then I realized that they were actually in harmony with the cat bus. And I was so relieved, I teared up a little. There's another part where there's a granny character who they call granny. I'm not saying that. I didn't make that up. They call her that for real. But she implies that she can't see all the magic stuff anymore that the little kids see. And that made me so sad because old people want to see magic too. It's not just kids who want to see magic stuff. So the dad does get to see it in this brief moment. And it's really sweet. But the granny is so nice the whole movie and she never gets to see the magic. So... That just made me kind of sad. So just be aware of that, I guess, which leads me to parental guidance, the part of the show where I talk about any potential emotional triggers that might cause you to feel things that are unpleasant. And we start, as always, with Lizard Watch, which is where I talk about things that might remind you of the lizard wars that you guys had down there on Earth. And potentially that could be sort of a flashback scenario for you. So in this movie, there aren't any lizards, but there is a toad at the bus stop. And then there are a lot of frog sounds throughout the movie because it's in nature. And since the Lizard King hates frogs and outlawed them for a while when he's in charge of Earth, it may frighten you to have one on your TV and feel like, oh shoot, am I gonna get in trouble? I'm not supposed to have frogs. And then you remember, oh, Lizard King's not in charge anymore, so it's fine. But just know that that's coming up. A lot of people might still have visceral reactions to frogs and think, I'm going to get in trouble. So be aware of that. Also, in the beginning of the movie, there is an overloaded car. It is stuffed to the brim, and it's a three-wheel car, and there's children in the back. And all of that is very anxiety-inducing and stressful. So... That is right at the beginning. No pulled punches here. Just be aware of that. If you get claustrophobic or or autophobic is, uh, I don't know if that's a word. Also in this movie, the younger sister copies the older sister a lot. She's always following her around and repeating the stuff that she says. And personally, I found it really adorable, but... You might be a child yourself, and you might have a sibling who copies you, and it might be annoying to see that this girl is doing that, and it will remind you, man, that's what my sibling does, and I really don't like it. Or you might even be an adult. I'm not going to say it's just the kids that will feel that way. Some adults may feel like, man, I hated that when I was a child, and this girl 
She doesn't get chastised for it. Nobody tells her to stop. And that might frustrate you. But it could also be a really positive thing because they don't chastise her. They let her be who she is. And she loves her older sister and wants to be just like her. And it's really sweet. And she also doesn't copy her so much that it's that it's interrupting their lives. So this could redeem that experience for you. But I can't say for sure that that will happen. I can't speak on your behalf or rather on behalf of your heart because your heart is yours alone and that's what makes it so special. And of course, until you give it to someone when you fall in love, man, I can't wait for that to happen to me. Moving on, they also sleep on the floor in this movie, which I think they do in Japan in general. And if you're from America, which I happen to be, it might look uncomfy. Technically, it's supposed to be better for your back, but it might look uncomfy. And so it might give you anxiety about the fact that it it looks like something that you don't want to do. But at the same time, there's all these research articles that say it's healthier to sleep on the floor and then you think well shoot this is something that's healthy for me and I also don't want to do it which makes you feel like your mind is unhealthy for not wanting healthy things for your body and gosh that can just cause a lot of stress so I wanted to give you guys a heads up you're going to see people sleeping on the floor and that may make you feel a lot of different feelings but if you're from Japan and you watch it it might seem normal and you might not even think about it, which is another thing to be aware of. If you're from Japan and you're watching this movie from someone who's not from, with someone who's not from Japan, maybe be remembered to think about how they might be sad. There's also a lot of rice in this movie, and some people don't like eating so much rice because it makes them feel bloated. So be aware of that. And then there's a boy who wears a captain's cap and it it might make your kids think that they can drive a boat. He doesn't ever drive a boat, but it might make your kids think that they can. So this is, I'm addressing the kids now. Someday, maybe you can drive a boat, but not today. Don't try and drive a boat today, kids. Let's let the adults drive the boats and we kids can ride in the back and drink squeezits. Rating, five out of five stars because I'm in space and I like this movie. It was great. Tweet them and weep. Part of the show where I share your tweets to me. At Lieutenant Paprika's Social Brain Society Music Group says, which movie trilogy is the best of all time? Mm, I don't know if I can say all time because I don't feel qualified to, to make such a grand statement. But I will say what my favorite one is, and it's, oh, what is it called? Oh my gosh. It's the one with the mean octopus and the potatoes and the ghosts. Lord of the Rings. That's probably my favorite trilogy. But again, I couldn't say the best. At Tony Wonders Goatee says, if Totoro was on a plane, would they make him sit in the exit row? Yeah. Last week's quote was, where in the hell's a freaking baby room? And that is from Akira. Nobody guessed it. Although, at Scott Bayo's Hot Mayo KO, 
is Scott Bayo in the WWE? Well, they guessed it was from Baby's Day Out, and I I guess that's a good guess. But the baby goes out in that movie, and this quote is about a baby room, which will be indoors. So better luck next time, Scott. This week's quote is, Kenny, the world's full of guys that never fucked up, and then they fucked up once, and now they're doing time, so tonight's not the night to start. Tweet in your guesses. Three things I'm looking forward to when I get back to Earth. Okay, lights that clap, that light up when you clap. I have not seen those. Uh, we don't have those in space. I suppose it would be maybe in some ways unsafe or impractical, but I miss that. Those lights are so cool. When I get back to Earth, I'm going to have all my lights in my house like that. And then I'm going to have people over and not tell them and have them applaud for stuff. Like I'll maybe we'll put on a play and then they'll clap and they'll be like, what the, what is going on? And I'll just be like, welcome to my house. This house is dope. You clap and all the lights turn on. It's going to be so rad. Maybe I'll just have one room that does that. I don't want that in the bathroom. Not that I clap in the bathroom, but what if somebody claps outside my bathroom and I'm in the bathroom and then I don't want to clap because people hear me inside clapping. Maybe they have a reason to clap outside. It's a party. Somebody just did a trick. They'll clap. I don't want to clap because I'm in the bathroom and it'll sound weird, but the lights will be off. I can anxiety spiral, guys. But I think this is a safe space. We can talk about things. We can share. We can be real. I'm missing those, though. That I'm looking forward to those when I get back to Earth. Also, looking forward to libraries. We do have a library up here, but... I just missed the atmosphere of libraries back on Earth. I had a really nice one when I was a kid near me that kind of looked like the inside of a an airplane hangar. It was like this arched building, and it was really beautiful and vast ceilings. And, man, I've seen a lot of libraries in my youth, and I miss them. Another thing I miss is bowling. Bowling is one of those things nobody's good at, but everybody does. And when you do stuff like that, the competition is toned down a lot and you just have fun with your friends. And cosmic bowling is great too because of all the flashing lights. And um, that's rad, flashing lights and dark spaces with flashing lights is cool. And it's not as stressful as a, like a club. A club, you feel like you gotta be cool. But at a bowling alley... Nobody has to be cool. You're just having a good time. And if it's cosmic bowling, you're having a good time with the with the club stuff, only there's actually room to move your elbows and you're not paying $300 for bottle service, which I guess you don't have to do at a club, but it is an option. And there's nothing at the bowling alley that costs that much money, I don't think, unless you're just addicted to the claw machine. So I miss bowling. Now that I'm not a commander... I did some internet research, and I guess I'm technically just qualified as what's called a space flight participant, which I think is hilarious. That is simultaneously the the most and least impressive participation award I have ever received in my life. <laughs> so as much as it was really disappointing to find out I'm not a commander— I did confirm with NASA that I am a spaceflight participant, 
which is a gas. Uh, but anyway, and and as to the disappointment of not being a commander, it, it was disappointing. It's a cool title, but I don't want to call myself a commander when I can't do anything anyway. So it's this is funnier and better and kind of like a a nice a nice funny anecdotal way for me to be humbled a bit because I was calling myself commander in my head sometimes when I woke up to brush my teeth. All right, Commander Alden, what's on the schedule for today? Which is silly because on the schedule is watch a movie, ride my bike, and trim the trees, which isn't very commanderish. But spaceflight participant—that's exactly what a spaceflight participant would do, which is just random stuff. So, and I mean, who can say they got to go to space? How many people? Not a lot of people. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed in that way. Spaceflight participant? Hell yeah, I will take it and I will wear it proudly. But just so you guys know, I'm. Uh, and you guys could feel free to laugh at home in your homes because it is funny. I didn't kind of make a fool out of myself. And Barney can say that he went to space too. Uh, well, I mean, if he could talk, he would say that. But yeah, we're, we went to space, man, which is rad. Not a lot of people can say that. Anyway, uh, I did want to talk about how Tuataras have a third eye and we don't know what it is for isn't that nuts we they have a theory that it's for infrared and it's sensing light conditions but they don't know for sure so it could be for anything and i this could be controversial but i wish i could talk to the lizard king and ask if he had any insight about this if he hadn't left earth and i know a lot of you guys don't don't feel so great about about him and and this is more of like a fanciful sort of wish it's not something i would pursue if it turned out to be an unwise move but dude who else would know we don't know marnie would marnie knows but he delights in not telling so that's just a mystery for you guys to ponder isn't life so amazing how full of mysteries it is with all this science and there's a creature that lives for a hundred years and has a third eye. And we don't know what it's for. It could be reading your mind. Anyway, if he's reading my mind, he sees a lot of joy about that fact. And I hope you guys have joy about it as well. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.